host Alina and April some of the stories we tell are fun and interesting but some of the subject matter is downright disturbing sit back and And enjoy enjoy the the show. show Halloween story time It's recording now. Yeah. Uh, okay. I saw it. Yeah, mine's, uh, mine's uploading, like, right away. Yeah, so is mine now. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, like, supposed to be doing yeah, that? Yeah, it's supposed to be doing that. Like, if, if you have fast internet, it goes really quickly, so. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Well, I missed well, you guys. Why you gotta talk shit about my uh, slow internet? <laughs> I didn't say anything about it. I just didn't mention your ass, okay? <laughs> but, you, but you're targeting me. I feel like I was personally attacked. <laughs> Hey, let's take Nobody your... knew you had slow internet, April. Um, the slowest fucking internet, but you know what, Trish? Uh, it's fucking free. <laughs> yeah, it's the original fucking Google, man. They gave me seven years of free fucking service, and I'm going to take that shit until the seventh year. I know she always, she loves that, that she got it for seven years. I'm like, dude, how, who'd you yell at to get that oh, shit? Okay. Man, $300 for free You're internet nice. for three. Your life's hey. gonna change when five G comes into your life. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm still I'm still on three G on my phone. I'm cool. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> That's all right. April will live longer than all of us. Probably, exactly. <laughs> Nothing's frying her brain right now. Shoot. Well, let's get started. Oh, the sound of laughter and friendship. Welcome back this week. The best season is upon us. April and I have always loved to tell each other spooky stories during October. We thought it would be fun to have some familiar voices join us on the show today and bring their scary to the table. Join me in welcoming back one of the most beautiful true crime aficionados. She's here today. The girl who will kill you, then help the police look for you. From Tuesdays with Trisha, our gal Trish is here. Welcome, Trish. Hello. <laughs> I love the excitement level, but tone it down a little, okay? No, Don't tell me what to do. Her guns are blazing. <laughs> and then we've got our favorite Canadian storyteller from the bordering country north of us. His voice is almost siren-like when he tells his tales. You know who I'm talking about. Jordan is joining us today. Welcome, Jordan. Yes. It's me. He said it's me. Quiet, Jordan. <laughs> I know. It's probably just hard to get a word in edgewise with the three of us, right? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're trying to say, Jordan? Uh, just too busy licking my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness. Inside joke, inside joke. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> 
Well, we want to thank you guys for being here and participating in one of our favorite traditions. I can't wait to hear everyone's story. But first, I want to hear everyone's favorite way to get into the Halloween spirit. Does everyone have movies or, you know, special traditions? What do you like to do, Jordan? I like to watch movies. I've been binge-watching the Halloween movies from, well, when did they start? The 70s? Or 1970s, the 80s? yeah. Okay, the 70s, yeah. I've been watching all those guys. And then I've also been decorating the inside of my house because screw all those kids outside. <laughs> what about you, Trish? <laughs> um, same thing. I like to do the same thing, decorate, but outside. You know, outside that. She likes kids. <laughs> I actually hate kids, so <laughs> I just like Halloween, and I like actually showing other people up, being like my. I was just gonna say, I think it's just because she's ultra competitive and wants to be better than everybody else's house, is what it is. <laughs> it, it's true. Everybody sucks around here, and you know what? I'm such a brat too, because I'm like, that's from the dollar store. Uh-uh. Out there. <laughs> you are fucked up. Hey, hey man, the dollar store got some cool shit though for real thank you they're coming up on their game man that's why they can't sell their shit for a dollar anymore they're having to raise their price what is that dollar 25 dollar 50 they said yeah, or something like that they, they're coming up in the halloween game man <laughs> and they give you all the stuff to like revamp your stuff too you know right. so if you're one of those creative like martha stewart people <laughs> then yeah you know, whatever. And see, I, I all the shit, and then with my ADD, I like zone out, and I'm like, "Oh man, what is this for?" <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what I was supposed to make. You know. Oh shit! Oh that's my hilarious. God. <laughs> She's a hot mess. What about you, Zelina? What are your What's your favorite thing? Um, I like to decorate inside, but I do like more of the Martha Stewart type decorating inside, and then <laughs> outside. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the outside is where I used to do like the scary stuff and everything like that. And, um, but my son doesn't like Halloween. And so as he was growing up, he'd get more and more afraid. So we kind of had to stop doing that a couple of years. He just does not like anything scary. He doesn't understand why, but my fascination is with it. So, uh, but when you're uh, so probably because when he was little, you used to jump out and scare oh, the shit out of him. I did do that a lot. Yeah. It probably <laughs> fucked him up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I would jump out of closets. His closet, you know, I'd jump from under the bed. I'd grab his ankle. Just shit like that all the time. So I probably did mess him up. It was probably a little bit my fault. (laughs) That's good parenting 101 right there, Jordan. (laughs) Just wait till you have kids. (laughs) He'll be fine. Take notes, Jordan. Just take notes. Shake it off. That's what we used to do. Just shake it off. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's so funny because we used to put like, we used to have heads on sticks and stuff out and, and we had like a whole graveyard and all this stuff. And I didn't realize my son's um, pre-K teacher lived up the street from us. And I came in one day and we were talking and she's like, oh my God, have you seen that house in our neighborhood? And she starts talking bad about my, And I was like, that's my house. <laughs> But he did go to a private um, Lutheran school, so that was probably part of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Witch, witch, you're a witch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. But other than that, you know, so now we just take all the decorations and we do it over at um, – our mother's house because she has five acres. So we do a haunted forest out there for the kids and for anybody else. And we just invite people. And it's so much fun because like last year, 
you know, like uh, April and, and myself and my husband, all of us were jumping out, scaring the kids. The kids were tripping, falling. Wigs were flying off from costumes. I mean, but the good candy is with somebody scary. So you have to go walk up to them. You have to be courageous enough to walk up to them and get it. And those kids are like standing there. for size Snickers? <laughs> We had like the, over here the, the big bags of cheese balls, you know, all that stuff. It was, yeah, it's pretty funny. So we have a good time though. And then we roast weenies and, and s'mores and stuff like that towards the end of the night. Because so, we've worked up an appetite scaring the shit out of our kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Consume some food afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing it again this year. I love it so much. Can't wait to see the videos what, again. Good. <laughs> what about you, April? What do you like to do? Uh, you know, my kids like to buy the little jelly stickers that you put on the windows. And sure, they went really tame. You know, like I was wanting the, the the red one that says, help me with the bloody handprints. And they're like, no, mom, you shouldn't get that. That's really scary. Like, people might really think something's wrong. And I'm like, man, you guys suck. little little ones that have like little cartoons on them that say like beautiful and stuff like that so (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) but my favorite thing to do with my kids though is to take them to spirit halloween and just scare the shit out of them because their reactions you know i mean they're jumping they're falling and i'm over there just cracking up like i'm in tears half the time (laughs) and uh, (laughs) she waits till they get really close to everything and then she jumps on the little buttons and then the animatronics go off and the kids just scream (laughs) (laughs) i love it so much you know what something i found april that i just thought about is that have you seen the new um like photo shoots that they have with your kids like you put them out in the fall pumpkin patch type thing and then they have like freddy krueger or somebody else behind there then they catch the take the pictures of the kids just running in slow mo. Oh my god, my kids would cry. They would straight <laughs> cry. You would see like tears coming down their eyes. There would be that. There would be those ugly shots, like. Ah! Like, oh, those screaming. are hilarious. That's what half of these are. These uh, kids are crying, screaming. I mean, it's fantastic. I love. It. I just laugh every time I watch them. Go by. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. That's why Zelina only had one kid because she likes to terrorize. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, but no, like, you know, I take my kids like, um, you know, like our spirit Halloween's and here in Kansas City, we had ours had like last year or a couple years ago. It had it was like a, an aquarium, and so it's like you know you you're looking at like an underwater scene, and all of a sudden like this great white shark like comes up and hits the screen, and it breaks. It looks like it's breaking the glass, and everyone's like jumping in there and screaming, and there's like an octopus on one. There's a like a dead scuba diver on another one. It was really cool. Dude, that is so awesome. I'm so yes. <laughs> She's going to start driving around Dallas. I still awesome. don't have it. I am. I'm serious. Okay, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go to Dallas. But, you know. <laughs> She's going to be calling all the spirit Halloweens. Do you have a special setup? Which yeah. animatronics do you have Excuse out right me? now? <laughs> Can like you email year, me? <laughs> well, last year they had, like, you know, like a, a swamp kind of setup. And you, like, walked over the scary-ass bridge. And it was all like foggy and stuff and then there was that girl on the swing you know oh i like her yeah yeah she's like her head's down and then she pops up and her face is all jacked up and she's like come play with me and my kids are like ah (laughs) i'm like yeah go play with her and they're running through the like cold store oh it's so awesome (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, that's uh, when oh, I do like you know like pumpkin waffle candles and stuff like that. Not pumpkin spice because that the spice isn't you know mm-hmm. that's pumpkin booty is what they should call it. Yeah, no pumpkin it's spice disgusting. is just for those basic bitches. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely are not that here. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, so does anyone have a cool costume that they're going to wear? Uh, I'm going to be Mama Imelda from Co- the movie Coco. Oh, that'll be I'm cool. Doing Coco theme. Yes. You're, you're decorating your whole house. You still like don't know what Coco is? It's the it's the, Dis- <laughs> it's the Disney movie. It's like uh, the animated Disney movie, and it's where you know um, people die and they go over to the other world, and you know it's in the, but the Day of the Dead, a whole concept thing, and then you got this kid that wants to play music, and then he thinks like his like what is it? His great grandfather's this long lost musician. So then he ends up trying to steal his guitar and ends up going into like the dead world. Cause it's, you know, the, <laughs> day the whole dead. story. This is why I don't watch this. <laughs> it's off the rails. It's not off the rails. It's, it's so like, cute. <laughs> it, it's based I... off the day of the dead, which we celebrate, you know? So it is, cute. Yeah, but so. it probably is not up your alley, Jordan. That's, that's usually when you have kids. Not a ton of Hispanic people up there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not many Latinos or Mexicans or whatever. Do you guys have like a lot of Mexican restaurants or taco trucks up there or anything? Um, he's like, what's a taco truck? <laughs> what's, a, what's a taco? <laughs> um, I think there's one taco truck somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell. Yeah, we, uh, we don't have any I'm gonna drive a food truck up to Canada and make some money. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna get some Taco Bell and just freeze it, you know, and then put it in something that's. It's so good. Okay, nothing wait. Like we can't go with what like Trish it. says because she eats tacos from a gas station. these tacos are delicious thank you very much i will send you all a picture on thursday when i go get some um it's taco tuesday not taco thursday it's taco it's taco thursday it's taco any day i may not even get i may not even get tacos i may get like a torta or like you know is that the gas station you and i went to or no no. Okay. <laughs> it's like I definitely would not eat a gast over there. <laughs> no, I didn't want to drive you that far. No. <laughs> oh my god. What about you, Jordan? What are you dressing as? Um, I'm thinking a banana or possibly a hot dog. I have both in my closet, and I usually go with something phallic. So it's, it's either one of those two. Oh my god! Okay, my thing is, how many times have you dressed as something phallic? Right, like is that every year? How many times? Yeah. Um. Well, since he's like, how old am I? That was like per day. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think for like the past eight years, I've been a banana or a hot dog. (laughs) The tattered hot dog costume. (laughs) The top. The top is like limp. <laughs> He's busting out of his case. <laughs> oh my god! 
Oh my god. You have a moldy bun. to send Jordan a new hot dog costume. <laughs> I'm sending him fresh out of the bun. No, I'm going to send him the, the Justin Timberlake dick in a box one. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. I want a hot dog in the box. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are watering. I gotta wipe it. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> oh my god, that's a bunch. She has a pickle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's like a tickle my pickle, ladies. His friends have a bet. They're like, "What's he gonna be this year? The hot dog or the banana?" He shows up as the pickle, and they're like, "Fuck, we lost our money." <laughs> Oh, I'm dying. That's <laughs> well. You know, you guys. We all have to. You have to send me your pictures so we can put them up with ours on Instagram and stuff. So <laughs> definitely. So, so Zelina, what are you going to be? I'm going to be a burning witch. So I have like this witch's dress, and then I have all this kindling and flames at the bottom of my dress, and then I've got rope um, that ties around my wrist and my waist, and it looks like it's tied to a big. Um, a big uh, log, you know, like them getting ready to be burned at the stake. And then my husband's going to dress and, uh, and, and then he's going to um, have the flame or the torch in his hand. Like he's lighting me on fire. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> like fake killing my wife. I know. It's like burn, <laughs> bitch, burn. You're a witch. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you, April? What are you going to do? I'm going what I go as every year, which is a Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so How she... original. So, it's so funny. You know, we had this big party a few years back, and I had new friends that were coming to the party and everything, and they were like, they were kind of worried because they were like, oh, my gosh, your sister dressed as a Muslim. Like, nobody's getting offended or anything like that. They thought it was, like, totally on PC. <laughs> And I was like, no, she really is a Muslim. She's not dressed. She doesn't have a costume on. They're like, oh. oh. Like, so it's so funny because now, I, you know, every year she was Every year, I, yeah, I have to tell people, I'm really a Muslim. This is not a costume. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're just, they just kind of look at me like, but it's funny because like every time Zelina introduces me to somebody, they're like, that's your sister? She's like, yeah. And they're like, oh. <laughs> we always laugh because we always get stares when we go out you know and she wears the hijab and so we get stares when we go out and they're probably like oh see that's the good traditional muslim and that one's the wild one that's all messed up yeah, you know what i think because i'm not wearing it it's funny because we'll go out to eat with my mom and my mom will order bacon and they look at her and my mom's like i'm not muslim she is <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? This year I might change it up. I might go as a Muslim witch. You know? <laughs> You're going to wear a hat on top of the hijab. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to have a shawarma in one hand and seven spice in the other. You know, like, damn. That's my magic right there. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Of it. <laughs> <laughs> My magic is pizza bread. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not hummus. Hummus. <laughs> hummus. You gotta pronounce it right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my trick too, teaching you how to pronounce this shit right. I know my nieces will correct me sometimes. I'm like, look, dude, that's what you get, okay? With the, with the way I speak, I can't say it that way. They're like, auntie, I'm like, hey, that's it. <laughs> Don't push it. Like it's not a gyro, it's a gyro. <laughs> well, today we're all taking turns telling our creepy stories. Everyone was supposed to bring one or two to share, so let's get the show started. Selena, you go first, since I know you have a quick one to start. Okay, so I found this one online and don't know who the author is, but I liked it. It goes like this. A young girl is playing in her bedroom when she hears her mom call to her from the kitchen. She runs downstairs to meet her. As she's running through the hallway, the door to the cupboard under the stairs opens and a hand reaches out and pulls her in. It's her mother. She whispers to her child, don't go into the kitchen. I heard that too. I like the end. Yeah. <laughs> so creepy. Oh my god, I freak out. No. That's just like hearing the crying baby outside. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry, baby. Like, yeah. it'll stop eventually. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little morbid, but seriously, if it's a, it's a if it's a you know no. Very much so. It's like it's like uh, if anybody's heard the the last episode where I where we talk about Texas Frightmare and me staying at Trisha's house. It's like when somebody comes into your your bedroom, your guest at somebody's house, and they come in to check on you in the middle of the night. It's freaking right. out. Yeah, this is so many bit. times. Oh, this is so messed up because I like live in this house, you know. Like I'm recording in this house, like right now. <laughs> so, how do you think I, I felt? Feet. I felt violated. <laughs> Somebody came in, looking in on me and my PJs. <laughs> it just—it was funny because last night actually I had heard like a huge thump upstairs, and of course I thought it was my daughter. You know, so I get up and I'm like, yo, and like n- nothing. And I'm like, Kelly, you know, and, and she's like nothing. So I go up there and this girl's asleep in her bed. And I'm like, did you just throw down your, you know, computer or something on the floor? And she's like, no, my computer's on the floor. And I like, look, uh, it was already there. It's grandpapa. I'm telling I you, you like, got to get his stuff I out just, of there. And I was like, you didn't hear that law, like that thundering thump and she's like no <laughs> and i'm like oh still part of me is still like she's she lied, she lied. She's you. <laughs> yeah you know because just the way she like answered but at the same time i'm like what if, what if she did it it so wasn't her i'm telling you it's that grandpa you got to get his shit out of that closet <laughs> yeah was... for real he must be getting pissed wait hold on no. <laughs> why why is grandpa in the closet <laughs> Seventy-two years. <laughs> um, I just her you know, fiance has his memorial in there, and so. I just have this problem of hiding bodies. No. <laughs> <laughs> just can't seem to get over the obsession. I yeah, Jordan, Jordan, if you missed that episode, I was at her house asleep, and like at I don't know three or four. I don't even remember what time now. In the morning, somebody opens the door, and I thought it was her to come in and check on me. 
or like, you know, and I was just like, so I go, hello. And I look and everything and nobody there, you know, and I'm like, okay. And so then I just kind of wait a minute and I was like, okay, there's nobody there. Then I lay my head back down. And then I hear the door close. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, and then like the, the guest bedroom that was on the other side of me, the lights were going, were being turned on. And like, I thought Trish had done it. She thought I had done it. And so I was like, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, wasn't and the next thing I know, I look in that clo- the closet in the room I'm staying in and it's grandpa's memorial. It's like not our grandpa, it's her fiance's grandpa. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, okay, let's close mm-hmm. this shit. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a little box, you know, like it's got the glass in front. So it's got pictures of him and it's got like, I think a bullet that he used to have and he stuff. He has his military and stuff and pick. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, pretty much so. <laughs> well, so, Trish, do you have well, a story i do i have a little short story for you guys it's still true crime involved so don't think i've strayed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um this is the case of mistaken halloween decorations so this is long island new york 2014 a decapitated body laid in the streets of new york one halloween night and five feet away from the body was a severed head. People who were out and about for the evening just passed and thought, wow, this is super gruesome. And other people thought, oh God, another Halloween prank again. But no one actually suspected the truth, which was far more disturbing. 35-year-old Derek Ward had taken a kitchen knife to kill and decapitate the body of his mother, Patricia. And then he carried the body out of the apartment they shared together and then just decided, you know, I'm just going to drop the body in the head in the street in front of the apartments. And then after that, he decided to jump in front of a commuter train and kill himself. So (laughs) perfect gender, a perfect story. (laughs) This reminds me, (laughs) Trish, this reminds me of a, um, a movie I just watched on Netflix with, uh, Megan Fox. And it's, um, I won't spoil it completely, but, uh, what happens is she, her and her husband are having an issue. So he takes her to their lake house so they can have a romantic evening and he ends up drugging her, but she doesn't know it. So she wakes up and he's like, how are you feeling? And she's like, I feel hungover. And he's like, well, it's time to wake up. And she's like, what? And next thing you know, she, she realizes she's handcuffed to him and she's like, what the hell? And he shoots himself. And so he's dead, you know, and he's like twice her weight and everything. So she has to take him and drag his body around the entire house trying to figure out how to get un- un- uncuffed from him. You know, and he's had everything removed from the house. So she has like nothing she can use. No knives, no tools, no nothing or anything. So she's like trying to figure out a way. But, you know, of course, it looks like she did it if the cops were to come. And that was his whole plan. <laughs> You know, oh. hey, so if, she's got, if she's got granite countertops, man, you better break that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, you know what? I would put his hand um, in the door and I would just start slamming or the, the door until it crushed all the bones. Yeah. And yeah. Uh-huh. And or slam it. the window so hard that it like breaks the glass. Yeah. Something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, something. Obviously, she wasn't smart enough. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been done in like five minutes. Oh, okay. What was Do you remember what the movie was called, Trish? To, yeah till death okay till death yeah so yeah if yep, you guys can check it out it's interesting i mean I don't, i'm not the biggest megan fox fan just because i don't think she has much range when she acts but the movie was cool it was a good movie <laughs> she's entertaining she'll do yeah yeah, yeah. it's fine it's you know it's good 
So anyhow. So how about you, Jordan? Do you have a story to tell? Yes, I do have a good ghost story, and it's actually a local one from where I'm at. Oh. Uh, it takes place just about 30 minutes away from where I lived, and I picked this story mainly because we hear a lot about haunted houses and haunted objects, but we don't necessarily hear about haunted vehicles all too often. Oh. This story takes... This story I'm about to share is a very strange and unique and also a tragic one. It involves what is known as the Phantom Train of Medicine Hat. It's an older story that I'm not even sure many people around here know of, so I thought it'd be a fun one to share. That's cool. Uh, Go for one it. Night, one night in June of, 18, or of 1908, a train departed from Medicine Hat, the Canadian Pacific Railway Station, heading east towards the town of Dunmore. The train was to meet up and couple with the Spokane Flyer, a deluxe Crowsnest passenger train. Aboard the train was an engineer named Bob Tuhay and a fireman named Gus Day, whose job was it to stoke and shovel coal into the firebox of the locomotive. Roughly around three kilometers outside Medicine Hat, the track began to wind around one of the cut banks surrounding the Ross Creek Coulee. As soon as the train had rounded the corner, Bob and Gus found themselves face to face with the headlights of an oncoming train, fast approaching from the east. Duhay shouted out to Day to prepare for impact and dropped his hand to the brake valve, but it was too late. The other train was just mere seconds away. But before he could crank the valve, the approaching train flew off the tracks parallel to theirs, and Duhay and Day gazed in disbelief as the train passed and materialized uh, to... Hold on, hang on, I might have lost my place here. <laughs> Hey, I do that too after I drink a little bit and start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have a few drinks today. Uh, so, yeah, so the approaching train flew off the tracks parallel to theirs, and Tuhei and Day gazed in disbelief as a string of phantom coaches rushed past them. The spectral crew members in the cab waved a greeting to the two horrified trainmen as it passed by them. As Gus would later recount, the windows of the coaches that trailed behind the ghostly locomotive were lit up with the silhouettes of passengers inside. And then suddenly, as soon as it materialized, the phantom train vanished. Tuhei and Day then both doubted their senses. They were a little confused, and they remained silent for the rest of their shift, and continued east without so much of a word to one another. In the, rest, in the days to come, both the men kept their strange paranormal encounter to themselves, but after some time, Day began to relax and wrote off the incident as what he would call an experience of life while Tuhei, on the other hand, feared that the phantom train was a premonition foretelling something terrible was soon to happen. And now, unable to get the thought of impending doom out of his mind, he sought the advice from a local fortune teller who predicted that he would die within the month. Now even more on edge, Tuhei asked Day to meet with him to discuss what they had both seen. After not seeing each other for nearly two weeks at this point, they were both relieved to find the other's account was near identical to their own. Tuhei relayed to Day about the fortune teller's prediction and decided to take a few days off work to go visit friends and family a couple hours away in the city of Lethbridge. Day, on the other hand, wasn't quite ready to give up some of his shifts, so he continued working. A few nights later, Gus would be assigned to a job identical to the one that he and Tuhei had worked on before, two and a half weeks prior. In the exact same engine... Gus was to travel east from the station, coupled with the Spokane Flyer again in Dunmore, and proceed west to the Crowsnest Pass. This time, he was accompanied by another engineer named Jay Nicholson. 
That night, just as the engine rounded the corner in the Ross Creek Coulee, in the same spot as before, the phantom train reappeared, with its whistle blowing and its headlights shining. Just as, just as the same as before, the train sped past on invisible parallel tracks, with the ghostly crew members waving greetings from their position in the cab and in the cars. Before Nicholson could react or knew what was happening, the train had disappeared into the dark prairie night. On the morning of July 8th, 1908, Nicholson boarded the same locomotive that he had operated with Day when they had witnessed the ghost train. He was accompanied by a man named H. Thompson, another fireman, and Day, who was usually the fireman on that particular locomotive, had been assigned to a yard service. Just as before, the locomotive was scheduled to travel east to Dunmore, coupled with the Spokane Flyer once more, and head west into Crowsnest Pass. When the train was about 100 yards from the location on which the Phantom train was spotted on those two separate nights, another train happened to appear around the bend. Only this time, it was daylight, and it was a real train. The oncoming train was the number 514 passenger train from Lethbridge, and the engineer at the throttle was none other than Bob Tuhay, who had, come for, who had overcome his fears a couple days before and had returned to work. The two trains had been moving too fast, with no time to break, and both collided on the tracks. Both Tuhay and Nicholson died upon impact, along with a fireman named Gray, a conductor named Mallet, and seven other passengers aboard the passenger train. Jeez. Thompson was lucky and had managed to leap from the moving train just in time, avoiding his death, but in total, 11 people died in the crash. Now, from what I know at this time, the Phantom Train was never seen again, but it's been over 100 years since that fatal train crash, and there's also, to my knowledge, never been another collision in that particular spot. So perhaps the train had been an omen, warning the workers of the dangers they would soon meet. Now, I personally have been near where the trains had collided. It's sort of in the middle of nowhere. But I would understand how two trains might have managed to collide. It's sort of a blind corner going around a hill, so spotting what's around the bend is practically impossible. But I imagine with the collision and amount of death that was produced by it caused uh, much stricter regulations, check-ins, and safety precautions to be put in place to avoid something like this from ever happening again. So I kind of understand why the Phantom Train only showed up in that short time in 1908 and never again, simply because there hasn't been another collision in that spot since. But yeah, I like this story because, for one, it's local. It's got a lot of aspects that make up a good ghost story. And yeah, even though it didn't relate to Halloween very much, I still think it's pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah I like is. that story. That's so crazy. Yeah, I really like that story, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Me neither. I did it on last year, on my last year's episode about Haunted Alberta. Um, it, yeah, I showcased a whole bunch of haunted locations around my home province in some places that are pretty close to where I live. And yeah, that's the, that's the closest one to where I live. It's about 30 minutes away, so it's not far at all. And so it's that's in cool. the middle of nowhere, you said? Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Just outside Medicine Hat. Is it on, like, a bridge? or? No, it's, uh, it's just on a... Uh, well, it's, like, kind flat? Of or? I wouldn't say flat. There's a big hill that kind of blocks the view from going around the corner. So that's why it's so hard for train conductors and engineers to see what's around the corner because of the big hill. But where the train tracks run, it's fairly flat. I do. I think I do have a picture somewhere about the train crash. I could probably send it. To yeah, you do please. It. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, super cool. God, yeah. that's sort of it. Creep me out too. I could. <laughs> 
Could you imagine too? I think the same thing. I'd be like, "What is this?" Yeah. You know, yeah, psychic would have told me I would not have gone I back feel to bad work. For Bob. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> spent like a month not going to work, and then comes back and instantly dies. Mm. Oh, yeah, D- I tell Crazy. you, he knew too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Time made him forget, and then he was just like, he, hey, got, yeah, he started uh, to feel safe again. Is what it was. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Man. I'd be like, I'm going to take 60 days off. (laughs) (laughs) It would have happened on day 61. I'm going to need some FMLA. Uh -uh, You're so stupid. (laughs) Your your reasoning on the sheet is like, psychic told me I was going to die if I work. Right. Don't want to die. I want to keep my pension. (laughs) What about you, April? Do you have one? Um, I do. Um, So, like, you know, in my early 20s, I was kind of a wild child and would pick up people if I saw them walking sometimes, you know, like hitchhikers. And so this story reminded me, I think I've told it before, uh, I was in hair school. And so I went at night after I got off of work. So I'd get out of hair school at like nine o'clock at night. So one particular night, it was like pouring and I'm approaching my exit and I see this car and it's like an old, like seven, it's like a seventies car. I mean, it was like, you know, run down looking and the lights were on and I was like, Oh man, someone broke down. And so as I'm, you know, past the car, I kind of slow down cause it's like a curve that goes up this hill. And, um, I see this guy walking and he has a baby blanket with him. Like, you know, like it's over his shoulder and I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, it's someone with a baby. But then the first thing in my mind, I'm like, what if it's not a baby? What if he's like a serial killer? Right. What if he's that was... to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what if he's trying to like lure people to help him, you know? And it like, you know, like I said, it's like 9, 930 at night. So I kind of stop. And he like walks kind of past the car a little bit. And then he stops and kind of looks back. And I roll the window down. And he kind of pokes his head in and he looks around and I turn the light on and I'm like, hey, you know, like if you need a ride, it's pouring outside. And he lifts the blanket and there really is a baby with him, you know, so, (laughs) you know, if you want to get in the car, like I'll give you a ride wherever you want. And he's just kind of looking at me and he's like, "Uh, okay, this bitch looks like a serial killer. Nope. uh, (laughs) He's like, no, I'm gonna get a ham sandwich out of this bitch. I weighed like 350 pounds. So, so, uh, you know, I like, I wind up taking him home and stuff. And, you know, that was a good story. But this story that I'm going to read you is, is not uh, as happy. (laughs) So so it's called, um, I picked up a faceless hitchhiker. Oh, jeez. This uh, is norm- <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I don't pick up hitchhikers by rule. I don't think it's worth the risk if someone and if someone truly needs a ride, they can call an Uber or Lyft and be off in like 10 minutes. So, however, while on a quick uh, snack run last month, I made the mistake of breaking my rule when I approached a young woman who was walking alone in the pouring rain. At first, I fully intended to drive by as I would have with any other person. Uh, She must have noticed me driving 
right past her because as I came up on her, she spun around and nearly jumped in front of my car, frantically waving her arms for me to stop. As I screeched to a halt, she ramped to my driver's side window and and stared uh, and was on a tangent about how her phone had died and how she was like six miles away from home. Her face was obstructed by a mask, an oversized hat, and dark sunglasses, so I couldn't really tell like facial features or expressions, but I could hear the desperation in her voice. A dumbest decision of my life. <laughs> I didn't feel right letting her walk home in the rain without a phone when she was clearly begging me for help. This is on top of the fact that I didn't exactly have anywhere else to be at 1 a.m. I opened the door, and almost as soon as she entered the car, she asked for me to go straight. As I drove, I tried to make the conversation with her, but I could never get an actual response. The only reply I received was, I'd like to go home. Please help me get to my home. So eventually I just gave up. After around 10 minutes of driving straight, I asked if I was supposed to be turning anywhere and was met with silence. I turned towards the woman for a brief moment to repeat my question, but instead slammed on my brakes when I laid eyes on her. All the items covering her, covering her face were gone and revealed a smooth surface. The only hint at some approximation of a face was the slight rise and fall of veiny skin where her mouth should have been, Ooh. almost as if she was imitating breathing instinctually i put the car into park and moved to run out but before i could even touch the handle a large hand clamped on my arm and held me in place oh. i was close to having a full-blown panic attack but she raised a gnarly finger to a non-existent lips and i could hear Shh. when she spoke her voice had taken on a very different tone almost gravely and the pressure from her voice gripped me into taking every word with utmost respects. You will not leave, she stated. You must drive, and you no longer have a choice. When she released her grip, I didn't say a word. I didn't even want to comment on the apparent bruising of my arm for fear she would do much worse if I complained about it. I simply exhaled and put the car into drive and kept going. She must have driven for a half an hour. She occasionally tell me to make a turn here or there. Still, after about 15 minutes, I knew we were headed towards the more rural parts of my county, an area where people are known to go missing. With every glance in her direction, I could see her featureless face was trained right on me. It was as if she was observing me, not entirely sure of whether or not she could trust I'd take her to wherever she needed to go. And as soon as that trust was broken, it would very quickly be over for me. Eventually, she instructed me to pull up to a lone, run-down house just off the side of the highway. The windows were boarded up, and I could see piles of trash strewn about the exterior. When we stopped in front of it, she told me to get out. An unconscious shake of my head prompted her to slam her giant fist on the dashboard, cracking the plastic. Without argument, I walked out into the cold night. She followed behind me and pointed to the house. In silence, we walked into the decaying building and were immediately met with a groan. I shined my phone's light towards the corner and saw what appeared to be a homeless man on the ground in pain. He was foaming at the mouth and his eyes were bloodshot. He gasped and took a step back into some glass, which alerted him to our presence. He turned to me and begged for help. He begged for me to call an ambulance or get some sort of message to his kids. He began rambling about he'd made a colossal mistake. And unfortunately, he never got to finish what he was saying. The woman pounced. In the blink of an eye, she was on top of him, her hand contorted into a claw that wrapped entirely around his face. 
grotesque long fingers held his head down as she struggled against her her ungodly strength. He tried to fight back, but the weak man's struggles were met with even more force. The creature upon him was determined to lap up every last breath, and I swore I could hear a twisted chuckle as she watched him cling to life. The screams seemed like they would go on forever, but in reality it was quick. Maybe 30 seconds, and he was gone. When she retracted from the body, a quick shine of my phone's light revealed a broken jaw, a twisted nose, and deep bruising around the neck. The woman faced away from me, and for a moment, we both just stood there in that horrible place. I tried to scream. I tried to find my voice. I wanted nothing more than the strength to tell her that all I wanted to do was go home and pretend like that night was all a nightmare. But I didn't have to. Reminiscent of the way she turned to me on that dark, rainy road, she spun around and revealed not just a large smile, but a brand new face, one that greatly resembled the man that she had just taken from this world. Is that, is that the end? That's creepy. Yeah. I want I want to hear more like, you know, like finish it off. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, April, and you lie. April, you always pick I'm up I'm driving again. <laughs> just, I don't want the decision. I don't want the decision. I want to feel bad. I don't want to. Nope. I, no. I'm just be a passenger. Strictly now, don't the decision's not on me, the decision's on you. I swear, if anybody puts a hitchhiker in the car with me, I'm out. I'm, like, I'm walking, I'll, I'll get an Uber. April has Lift. picked up more hitchhikers than the rest of our family combined. Like, I, I refuse, I, my heart strings pull, but I'm like, no, I've seen this movie, nope, you yeah. know, I'm like, not happening. Mm-mm. Sorry, I don't know how you do it, April. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Well, you know, I have not done that since I had children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but the first, uh, you know, uh, like 20, 20 years, almost 20 years of my driving, you know, career. <laughs> career. Yeah, I would pick people up. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm good. I, you know, I feel bad. I'm like, you know, if they look like, you know, they weren't going to stab me. or Okay, anything, who are know, the people I that die in horror up. movies? The dumb ones that feel bad and pick them up. That's exactly uh-huh. who does. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. I'm the heartless asshole. I don't give a fuck. I'm alive. I, I can't. Hey, I'm sorry. Kind of like a shank or something up in my car. <laughs> see, see now that reminds me of the meme. You guys seen the meme where, where it's like, oh, I picked up a hitchhiker because there's no way, in fact, that there can be two serial killers in one right. car. You know, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that meme. The hitchhiker says to the driver, "How do you know it? I'm, I'm not a serial killer." And he says, "Because the the chances of two serial killers being in the right. same car is astronomical." You know? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, somebody would you'd pull over and they'd be like, "Oh, the sweet Muslim lady in your yeah. this sweet Muslim but lady." Actually, the because they see my scarf and they're like, "No, nah, fuck no, <laughs> that terrorist is gonna take me down." Nope. Yeah, it's so funny. And she's like, "It's so funny because they get surprised when they hear her speak, or you know, it's just it's interesting to watch people's reactions." Yeah, yeah, they're like, you're American? Yeah. It's like, right. yes. So, it, you should really see their faces because when I speak Spanish, I was like, <laughs> what in the hell? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Like, I'm CIA bitches. 
Yeah, you're like Carrie from Homeland. Exactly. <laughs> Without <Well>, bipolar. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, I have heard your show. I beg to differ. <laughs> All this PhD bullshit. We know. We know. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I have a story that involves black-eyed children. If anybody wants to hear, if you're not afraid to listen to it. Supposedly, if you listen to it or talk about it, they come to your house at night. So this is some bullshit. Totally <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here it goes. So it had, it had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in ours and have a constant parade at our door. That night, I'd say we had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by with the entire, the entire night. It was about 9.30 p.m. and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost, show based, ghost shows based on supposed actual events. Like I said, I don't believe in this stuff, but I, I like a good story now and then, and it was Halloween after all. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Chloe is an American bulldog and is very docile. We only put her in her crate because we were afraid she'd try to get out to play with the kids, and I didn't want to have to chase after her down the street. So I turned the outside light off and let Chloe out, and she followed me back to the couch and lay down at my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough fun for the night and was going to go upstairs and take a shower and get ready for bed. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so, so that left me alone on the couch with Chloe. It wasn't long after I heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when there came a light knock, knock, knock at the front door. My initial reaction was, what the hell, really? It's almost 10 o'clock. Go home. But soon an uneasy feeling came over me. Why the knock? Our doorbell glows and in the dark and without the porch light on, it would be extra obvious to anyone out there. I paused. I couldn't really just ignore it. Our front door has a big beveled glass panel and anybody right at the door could see in enough to see someone was in the family room watching TV. It would be pretty rude for me to just sit there and not answer it. Knock, knock, knock. Again from the door. I glanced down at Chloe and she was gone. My gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting her to be on her way there as she normally does. But she wasn't. She wasn't anywhere. I stood up to look around the room better, and I found her. She was crouching by the back door like she was wanting out. However, she never asked to go out like that. She always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. This was totally out of character for her, and I have to say, it heightened my anxiety. Chloe, crate, I said. She just turned back and looked at me like, hell no, lady, I'm not moving. I yelled up to my husband, but if he was already in the shower, I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Knock, knock, knock. About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of my neighbors on their way back home that wanted to stop by and show me their costume or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow. What a great watchdog, I thought to myself, as she just sat there. I turned on the porch light when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder about what kind of parents would let their kids run the streets that late at night. 
I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she decided to grow some balls. What struck me immediately was as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were in normal street clothes. Also, no trick-or-treat either. I began to feel very uneasy again. It was a girl and a boy. The girl to my left was older, I'd say about 11 or 12. I could tell she was blonde but couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front of the porch so most of the light was coming from behind them. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light from inside to hit them directly. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter, I'd say around eight or nine, and looked to have light brown hair. The girl very politely spoke up, Ma'am, can we come inside and use your phone to call our mom? As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. What kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone of their own these days? I couldn't remember the last time I had anybody ask to use my phone. Um, hun, don't you have a phone of your own you can call your mom on? I asked. That was where things really got weird. Both kids turned to look at one another like they were going to say something, but neither ever spoke. They both turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here. My brother is really scared. I have to admit, there were two competing feelings going on inside of me. The first, that of a mother's heart that wanted to help these two small children get into their room and get, or get to their mom. The other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the other feeling at bay. It was then I noticed that during the short conversation, I'd already opened the door a few feet or a few extra inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. I stopped. Honey, why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself? Another pause. And then again, they looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside while you call her mom? And with that last statement, the little girl moved closer toward the door like she was going to walk by um, past me. As she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house, and I finally got my first real good look at her. Solid, jet black eyes. That's all I could see. That motherly instinct was gone and replaced by terror. I don't think I've ever felt that in my life. I could feel every hair on my arms and back of my neck standing at attention. I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. The little girl stopped again and pleaded, Please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. Then, like on cue, both kids began to whimper and cry. That's when the fear took over and I shut and locked the door. I'll call your mom if you give me the number, I shouted, but I'm not letting you in my house. I could still see them stand there on the porch, just staring at me through the beveled glass pane. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part of me didn't want to lose track of where they were. That would have freaked me out even more not to know where they were going. After what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. As I made my way to the side table bar couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. We later found her in the guest bedroom under the bed. When I got to my phone and started to look for his contact info, it was only then the kids stepped away from my door and began to walk to the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make people's shapes out. Of course, standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside looking in. From the door, I could see that the kids were still standing under the street lamp nearest my house, staring at me. 
As I lifted the phone to my ear after calling my neighbor, only then did the kids start walking down the street. I met my neighbor out under the lamp once he was out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. Hell no. No. Creepy kids? Nope. I know. Black eyed children. That always creeps me out. See, I'd be screaming at the door. Don't you see the lights off? I don't Muslim, we don't celebrate Halloween. Don't make me turn the lights back on and back off again. God. Yeah, no, that, you know, it's one of the, the, that story is always good to tell like coworkers and stuff and everybody, it like freaks them out, especially because we have parts in Texas, um, that we have to like drive through or like I've driven through like early morning or late at night and I've been like, fuck this shit. Like, <laughs> like and sometimes I'm like, please don't stop, you know, cause sometimes I have like buses cause we have like two lane highways when I drive up to Bastrop. And there's buses, and I'm like, don't get stuck behind a bus. Don't get stuck behind a bus. Next thing you know, the doors are going to close, and the black-eyed children are going to be there, and they're going to be floating in the air, and then your car's not going to be able to move, and then you're going to be stuck. I hate that yeah. when your mind just keeps going, and you keep adding to your own story. Uh, yeah. that, that I literally happen. have major, major anxiety over it. See, so, you know, when I drive on highways and stuff, I always like I will not stay behind trucks and stuff like that, you know, that are shit that have shipments on them and stuff like because I'm like, dude, I fucking saw Final Destination. I am not staying back here. okay? that always freaks me out because I'm like, all it needs is for that chain to snap right now, you know, and so I always move. I refuse to stay behind them. And my husband's like, you're such a dork. He's like, they're so they're so clamped on tight. I'm like, whatever. That's bullshit. I'm like, you never know. <laughs> uh huh. It's so true. See, I've played Jenga. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> shit. If all that stuff comes down, that's more like Frogger, man. That's like. <laughs> well, no, you know how, like, the, you know how they, like, stack the, the poles in, like, a triangle? Yeah. Like a pyramid shape. You know, it's like, I mm-hmm. want in the middle. Is it really that tight? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Totally. Does anybody else yeah, have any there... more stories? I have yeah, one I extra little one. Oh, okay. Yeah, two. Okay. okay. All right. So this is a case of poor, innocent Freddy Krueger. And <laughs> sounds very <laughs> ironic for me to say this. Um, but, you know, somebody brought Freddy out to play one of these nights. And it, he doesn't come out to play at night. He's in your dreams. So, and it's fictional. So, but. <laughs> um, I love how she, in 20... she has to explain it to us just in case. Yeah. In case you don't know who he is. <laughs> you know, just in case. Disclaimer. It's, you know, it's like caution. It's hot. Yeah. Caution. Freddy Krueger's not real <laughs> just FYI people okay. <laughs> so in 2016 in San Antonio Texas actually at a Halloween party it was raging full of people someone actually dressed as Freddy Krueger went in and fired upon like a crowd of guests with a gun um they actually shot five people uh and if 
I was trying to look in the reports and everything. I don't see much updated from 2017, but it looks like in the last article that I read, they have one suspect in custody. He was 22-year-old Robert Contreras, and he has been charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and currently in jail over it. Um, and apparently he was the one in the Freddy costume. But from all those no... years? Yeah, and that I don't know what happened. Freddy Kruger-ish of him. He should have just taken a knife and stabbed the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's Freddy Krueger, not Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah, he's supposed, to smear, he's supposed to smear him up against the wall, you know? Exactly. <laughs> right in the gut, you know? Yeah, it just kind of, I just think it kind of sucks that people take um, horror movie characters and do that. You right. know, just, I hate it when like, they, it's like, oh, I watched this movie a hundred times and it made me want to do it. No, you were yeah, psychopath. Made me wanna... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, it's such a bummer because I, I love horror movies and just all the effort that everybody puts into making such a good one, you know, so mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. So yeah, there's that one. That's all. That's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got a personal one if you guys would like to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have phallic parts in okay. it or what? Or any licking involved? It has nudity. <laughs> oh, wow. This is my wow. kind of story. Let's do it. For the hair raising So, back in 2014, I was backpacking through Europe for six months. And at one point, I ended up in Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh in Scotland. Have you guys heard of that place? No. Yes. Uh-uh. Okay. I've heard of it. Well, for those who haven't, it is considered one of the most haunted graveyards in the world, where hundreds of people every year report being pushed, their hair getting pulled, they're being tripped, bruised, or cut, and a whole bunch more other stuff. Uh, at the time of me being there, it was about 11 at night. And the friend that I made at the hostel we were staying at, we were out walking around town, you know, drinking and stuff like that. When we saw a haunted tour actually enter the graveyard. So we snuck in through the back without paying. Um, (laughs) Now they're going to find you and send you the bill. (laughs) Those Canadians always trying to get something for free. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But the, the tour guide, he went into all the details about the history of the residents there and told us all about the graveyard, the gravestones, and the little dog that sits outside the graveyard as a, as a guardian. Um, anyways, he led us into the back part of the graveyard where there's this large gate that the tour guide likes to bring people. Now, this gate it remains locked all the time, and the only people who have keys to it are the tour guide and the groundskeepers because of so many paranormal attacks that occur back there. Um, and so we entered through the gate and went, kept going along the small graveyard alley there. And then he, he brought us to an open crypt and me being who I am, I wanted to get in there as fast as possible. So I was the first one into the (laughs) crypt and the the tour was about like 30 people. So I got, I got pushed pretty far back into the crypt, like almost touching the wall. And so the, he, he went on about all the details of why this crypt was so dangerous and haunted due to a poltergeist that likes to hurt people. And that I usually like to sit in one particular spot. And I just so happened to be standing in that spot where the tour guide pointed to. But I was I was loving it. So I was I was I was so happy. I was smiling and everything. My friend was that way at the front by the door. He wanted to be able to get out of there as fast as possible, just in case. But yeah, so I thought it was the coolest thing. Um but I unfortunately didn't experience anything 
there. Um, I really wish I did, but I didn't. Anyways, the night went on, and we eventually made it back to the hostel, and I went upstairs to take a shower. Uh, when I got naked, I, I looked up my back. <laughs> Wait, uh, how naked? <laughs> like, like, take a step-by-step when you take off your shirt, your shorts. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Everything comes off except for the socks. Socks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Athlete's foot is real in those hostile places. Okay? Good job, Jordan. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I was, I was getting undressed, and I looked in the mirror, and right down my back was a red finger-length cut that I didn't have before. So, uh, like... I took a shower in the morning, and I didn't see it there. And so I was wondering, what the heck was this? What happened? What did I scratch something? And then I remembered earlier, like a few hours ago, we were in the graveyard and in the haunted crypt that was supposedly really dangerous. Um, So I love that. Um, I don't know why, but I just love that sort of stuff. So I actually went back there the same night and uh, then ended up going back four, I think three or four more times by myself in the middle of the night just to see if I could find anything else that was creepy. Um, but unfortunately nothing else happened. Um, there is a mausoleum there that houses, I think his name was Black Mackenzie, but he was a really mean and kind of a dangerous man. And apparently he's also been known to haunt the graveyard and hurt people. Um, his mausoleum has a big window in the front and we were warned not to stick our hands or heads in there. But of course I did as soon as I went back. (laughs) Jordan's like, I didn't get a big enough scratch the first time. Right. Let me go back. <laughs> I want to else. So, like, nothing else happened, and I, I just had this cut on my back. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It could be a paranormal thing, but I felt like it might have been one of those injuries that you get, and you just don't remember how you got it. Like how you get a random. Did you Did you look up to see if anybody else has like reported having a scratch down their back or anything in that area? Oh yeah, like if you go onto their, that might be on their website. I haven't checked, but like they get um, letters and emails all the time about people sending pictures about like random handprint bruises, hand hand marks around the neck, or stuff like that. Um, Whoa! They get that all the time. It's like hundreds and hundreds every year. Um, But I was also—it was also winter when I was there. It was February, so I was wearing like a shirt, a hoodie, and a winter jacket. So it would be kind of hard for anything to scratch me. And right, because it would have been on—it would have cut your coat or scratched your coat. You know, something left a mark somewhere else other than just your back. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, I'm a pretty big skeptic, so I feel like it's just one of those injuries that I just don't remember where I got it from, and it just so happened that I noticed it at, after I went to the graveyard. But it might might have been something paranormal. Who knows? <laughs> I Only think it was paranormal because I think if it was, yep, like, it was if you rubbed up if you rubbed up against a rat rock or something, it would have been on your jacket. It would have been, you know, some there would have been yeah. another mark somewhere else. But that's interesting. Oh man. Yeah, I'll have to look that place up. I haven't, I haven't read about yeah. that. How well, do you know about cool. it, April? Did you read about it? Or? Uh, just, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when I was little, I used to read books, you know, paranormal ghost stories and stuff. And, you know, I was the nerd that I was, you know, haunted history. Uh, <laughs> that's listed as, yeah, one of the ha- most haunted graveyards in the world. Oh, for yeah. cemetery. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's like world famous. Yeah. My, the most important oh, question. Or, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jordan. 
Oh, okay. Uh, there's it's it's also famous for a little dog that used to be there. I can't remember his name. I thought it was Bobby or something. I thought the dog's name was Bobby. But yeah, anyways, this dog, his owner died and was buried at the graveyard. And so that dog actually was so loyal, it stayed at the graveyard. Yeah, it stayed at the graveyard. Stayed right up at its grave and it eventually died there because it wouldn't leave the, its owner's grave. And so they made a little statue just outside the graveyard oh, of that's the sweet. little dog. And dog it's actually, yeah. uh, the, the statue's actually worn down from people coming up and petting the statue. Man. Oh, that's super sweet. Okay, so the scariest part for me of your story was that you stayed in a hostel. Right. <laughs> I'm like, have you not seen that movie? Hello. Oh, I'm glad somebody else thought that. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh my god, I was lucky you didn't wake up in a bathtub with no liver. Hostels are super nice. Yeah, till you get taken oh. and murdered. I was like, that was probably the biggest guy there so i don't think anybody would have messed with me <laughs> oh my god oh that's funny well that's a you good should have been more worried about the athlete's foot <laughs> <laughs> the player awards i don't actually <laughs> shower with socks on <laughs> <laughs> well next time do <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well thank you guys for coming on Trish let everybody know how they can support your podcast and when you think the revamp of Tuesdays with Trish's will be up and running yeah you got everybody can still check out um old episodes of Tuesdays with Trisha you know you can always find me on Spotify Apple any of your podcast platforms it's free so just listen (laughs) and then uh the revamping will come but it's gonna be a mystery date I decided to not plug myself into anything. So. <laughs> just in case you don't get it ready in time, huh? Yeah, just in case I don't get it ready, you know. <laughs> uh, and Jordan, when is your next episode coming up? Um, my latest episode came up on the 2nd, so that would mean my next one would be on the 16th. 16th? It will be coming up, the new one. Awesome. Very cool. And what's that we one about? Can't wait. What is that one about? Uh-huh. Uh, it is about a mining disaster oh so i like haunted of, mines yeah it's uh well actually yeah yeah it'll be really good there's a lot of there was a lot of death about 200 people Whoa. oh is that the big well, one yeah, the big mine. one in um oh what city was it because i think we talked about it in our haunted mines april might have yeah i uh the Husak tunnel i, I can't remember oh, if that's the name or not now i can't yeah I can't remember now. Well, that sounds like I a love... promising tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really like, because we talked about like Tommy Knockers and stuff, and that one has a lot of activity, doesn't it? If it's the one I'm thinking of. Tommy Knockers. Yeah, in mine. In mine, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, uh, the Hoosack Tunnel was a railway. Uh, oh, it's a railway. Okay, uh, never mind. I thought it was a mine. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like a mine mine. But, oh, okay. All right. Never mine, mind then. I'm thinking of one that's totally different, so. Yeah. <laughs> well plug yourself nice. jordan how can our listeners find you uh they can find me pretty much anywhere they could find podcasts itunes um spotify soundcloud wherever um and also on instagram moonlight lore podcast or at email which is the same as that just gmail cool awesome yeah Bye. 
Well, you guys, thank you so much. It's been fun telling the stories and, and thank you for making the time because I know everybody's super busy and it's hard for all of us to get together um, at the same time, especially since we're in, you know, all these different time zones or whatever. So I appreciate yeah, you definitely. too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So always yeah. a blast. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> well, we will talk to you guys soon. Have an amazing Halloween and remember, keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. <laughs> have a good one guys love you all right you guys too good talking with everybody (laughs) all right bye